Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Welcome everyone. Welcome to Appamata Austin's Sunday program. Today we're celebrating the completion of a one-year-long precepts program at Appamata. And these good disciples of the Buddha who will receive the precepts today. And they are Lynn Flock, Rosemary Gates, Fabienne Marchand, Heather McKenzie, Amanda Qureshi, and Scott Rabbits. I'm so grateful to see so many people here to celebrate and witness this day. We've come together to witness and celebrate these disciples who have completed a one-year program of study of the precepts. As part of this, each month we've come together to deeply explore our ethical path and its profound effects in our lives. Each month, we would share our struggles and confusion and illuminate some of the hindrances we encounter in living aligned with our aspirations. We were fortunate that Lori Winnett, Ann Lipscomb, and Robin Bradford all assisted in teaching over the course of the year. In addition, participants each kept a learning record to note the changes and what they had learned along the way. One of the things we learned is that there are no secrets to living successfully and in harmony with each other in our world, despite what we have witnessed in the violent and willful violation of well-known principles of harmony, fairness, kindness, and ethical conduct in the service of harmonious relating. We come together to remind ourselves that it's possible to live in accord with life and with each other. It's not just a good idea. It's absolutely necessary for the survival of our species. And this must be our vow if we're to have a viable future. It is possible and we're quite capable of living fully and ethically with wisdom and compassion together with all life on this planet. Now in this ceremony, participants receive the great treasures of the precepts. Why do we say that they receive the precepts instead of taking the precepts? The Buddha taught that the precepts are gifts, pristine of long-standing tradition, traditional, ancient, and unadulterated. Why are they gifts? He says, here monks, a noble disciple gives up the destruction of life and abstains from it. By abstaining from the destruction of life, the noble disciple gives to immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. By giving to immeasurable beings 
freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression, he himself will enjoy immeasurable freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. This precept is the first of those great gifts. And he repeats this teaching for each of the precepts. The moral strand of this is empathic. It is firmly based upon a single radical principle. As Lex Hickson writes, the authentic practitioner of Mahayana, never abandoned living beings by crossing over entirely into the expanse of the absolute, by rejecting or negating re relativity. These bodhisattvas do not become liberated from life, nor do they pursue any form of separate self-realization. They direct an ecstatic flood of love and friendliness toward all, connecting their mind streams as intimately with all beings as with their most cherished family members and beloved friends. This astonishing feat frees the Bodhisattva from every impure intention of harming, denigrating, abandoning, or merely ignoring others." Unquote. This attitude of constant concern and responsiveness, much more rigorous than any specific set of moral codes, the sutra calls the true life of responsibility. And that's what we learned, I think, during the year-long course of the program. There is no strict set of moral codes. There's only what's actually happening now and are responding to it with our aspiration. It can be lived with equal intensity and effectiveness by monks and nuns, by married or single lay practitioners, by heads of state or by the most humble working persons. The Bodhisattva ideal is democratic in this way. It demands only a way of life and form of livelihood or service that elevates beings rather than deceiving or impressing them. It is an active compassion, an intensely practical ideal, a practice. Quote, Bodhisattvas illuminate for living beings whatever righteous, dignified, excellent, and wholesome ways of life that can be envisioned and practically manifested in the world. The awakened ones always joyously teach and indicate with every word and wordless gesture the absolute inexhaustibility of pure presence. Shohakumura Okamura, Shoha, sorry, Shohaku Okamura writes in Living by Bao, all Mahayana practice is based on the Bodhisattva Bao. This vow has two aspects, becoming a Buddha and helping all beings become a Buddha. These two cannot be separated. We vow to become Buddha together with all beings. The Bodhisattva vow is an essential point in Mahayana teaching and practice. He later says, 
Vow is essential for all bodhisattvas. In fact, part of the definition of a bodhisattva is a person who lives by vow instead of by karma. Karma means habit, preferences, or a ready-made system of values. As we grow up, we learn a system of values from the culture around us, which we use to elevate, I'm sorry, which we use to evaluate the world and choose actions. This is karma and living by karma. In contrast, a bodhisattva lives by vow. Vow is like a magnet or a compass that shows us the direction towards the Buddha. A little about this ceremony. Westerners, it seems, have a real antipathy to ceremonies, in particular to religious ceremonies. However, ceremonies have complex, profound, and mysterious dimensions and serve many purposes, both in the lives of individuals and in the life of the community. Without them, the immense transformational moments of our lives go unrecognized, uncelebrated, unwitnessed, and unappreciated. And a spiritual community can become just a club of interested individuals. There's no medium for the expression of vow and the witnessing of this transformation in the life of an individual and the community. So we offer this ceremony in our modern world here in the Zendo and online. It's a departure from the traditional way, but one that allows us to include sincere practitioner participants from anywhere in the world. Today, we have six participants, two in the room and four scattered around the world online. So while we have limitations that prevent us from coming together, paradoxically, these also bring us closer to those who live at a distance. Peg would like to say that we think of ceremony as having three facets, the facets of the triple treasure. One is Buddha, the ceremony as expression of Buddha nature, the transformation that more deeply connects and commits us personally and intimately to the Bodhisattva vow and to waking up to the Buddha that we are, that all beings are. It is the aspect of deep personal transformation. Two is Dharma. The teachings conveyed in the ceremony, the teachings of the precepts and the Bodhisattva vow, and the connection through the teachings to our Zen ancestors are profound. Over the course of the study of the precepts, for example, we immerse ourselves deeply in the meanings of the precepts in our own everyday lives. These teachings are also offered through the ceremony to all those who witness it, instructing and reminding us of their compassion, clarity, and wisdom. 
This is the way to live a life in harmony with all beings. Three is Sangha. Ceremonies are very important in the life of the community. They bring us together and celebrate the transformations not only of the celebrant, but of our community of practice. We come to know our community as warmly connected, not only to each other, but to the deep spiritual nourishment offered by the Dharma. They remind us who we are together and the path that we share, supporting and encouraging and celebrating each other. Just as there is a deepening of our personal realization, the Sangha too deepens its collective realization, its place in the world and its collective aspiration. We need to open our minds and our hearts for this purpose. Paul Hawken writes, what I see everywhere in the world are ordinary people willing to confront despair, power, and incalculable odds in order to restore some semblance of grace, justice, and beauty to this world. And with that, we'll begin the receiving of precepts with our invocation. Invoking the presence and compassion of our ancestors in faith that we are Buddha, we enter Buddha's way. Homage to the all Buddhas in the Ten Directions. Homage to the complete Dharma in Ten Directions. Homage to the endless Sangha in Ten Directions. Homage to our first teacher, Shakyamuni Buddha. Homage to the single being succession of bodhisattvas and ancestors. Homage to Ehe Dogen Zenji. Homage to Shugaku Shunryu. Homage to Charlotte Joko Beck. May their presence and compassion sustain us now. We begin as we always do with repentance. Walking the path of the Bodhisattva is accomplished through the spirit and actuality of renunciation. All the Buddha ancestors of the Bodhisattva precept lineage have practiced and are still practicing renunciation of all attachments. Renunciation is an unsurpassable way of harmonizing body and mind with the Buddha way. If we give up attachments, we are free. We are all a Buddha. To sustain and confirm the practice of the Bodhisattva precepts from their meaning is in living them. We will now offer you the precepts. In order to be fully awakened in the practice of the Buddhist precepts, we start with the pure practice of confession. As we recite together, 
all my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow. All our ancient and twisted karma, from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, we now fully avow. All the ancient twisted karma, from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, all beings now fully devout. Now we call upon those receiving the precepts to affirm their acceptance of them. As I ask the questions, they'll respond with, yes, I will. You have gone beyond the karma of body, speech, and mind, and have been freed from greed, hate, and delusion. O oh, good disciple of the Buddha, now you may live in the way of the three treasures, even after the great liberation. Will you continue this truthful practice? Yes, I will. You have gone beyond the karma of body, speech, and mind and you have been freed from greed, hate, and delusion. O oh, good disciple of the Buddha, now you may live in the way of the three treasures. Even after great liberation, will you continue this truthful practice? Yes, I will. You have gone beyond the karma of body, speech, and mind, and have been freed from greed, hate, and delusion. O oh, good disciple of Buddha, now you may live in the way of the three treasures. Even after great liberation, will you continue this truthful practice? Yes, I will. Taking refuge in Dharma. We have purified our body and mind. Now you may receive the path of the precepts of the three treasures. You are seated with Buddha, and are really Buddha's child, will you receive these precepts? Yes, yes I, will. I will. I will. Yes, I will. We have purified our mind and body. Now you may receive the path of the precepts of the three treasures. You are seated with Buddha and are really Buddha's child. Will you receive these precepts? Yes, yes I will. Yes, I will. We have purified our mind and body. Now you may receive the path of the precepts of the three treasures. You are seated with the Buddha and are really Buddha's child. Will you receive these precepts? Yes, I will. I take refuge in Buddha. I take refuge in Dharma. I take refuge in Sangha. We take refuge in Buddha before all being, immersing body and mind deeply in the way, awakening true mind. We take refuge in Dharma before all being, entering the deeply the merciful path of Buddha's way. We take refuge in Sangha 
before all being, bringing harmony to everyone, free from greediness. Now all beings have completely taken refuge in Buddha. Now all beings have completely taken refuge in Dharma. Now all beings have completely taken refuge in Sangha. The Three Pure Precepts. You have returned to your original nature, free from attachments and limited ways. From now, awakening is your teacher. All beings are your teacher. Do not be fooled by others. This is the path of mercy for all existence. Do you agree to follow this compassionate path of the three treasures? Yes, yes I will. You have returned to your original nature, free from attachments and limited ways. From now, awakening is your teacher. All beings are your teacher. Do not be fooled by other ways. This is the path of mercy for all existence. Do you agree to follow this compassionate path of the three treasures? Yes, I will. You have been returned to your original nature, free from attachments in limited ways. From now, awakening is your teacher. All beings are your teacher. Do not be fooled by others. This is the path of mercy for all existence. Do you agree to follow this compassionate path of the three treasures? Yes, I, yes, I will. Now, will you receive the three pure precepts? Yes, I will. Now, will you receive the three pure precepts? Yes, I will. Now, will you receive the three pure precepts? Yes, yes, I will. I will recite each pure precept, and each participant will repeat after me. I vow to refrain from all harming. I vow to refrain from all harming. I vow to do all that is good. I vow to do all that is good. I vow to live and be lived for the benefit of all beings. I vow to live and be lived for the benefit of all beings. Abiding in the three pure precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, I will. Abiding in the three pure precepts, even after great liberation, will you continue to observe them? Yes, I will. Abiding in the three pure precepts, even after great liberation, will you continue to observe them? Yes. The ten grave precepts. Now will you receive the ten grave precepts? 
Yes. Yes, I will. Now will you receive the ten grave precepts? Yes. Yes, I will. Now will you receive the ten grave precepts? Yes, yes, I will. I will recite each precept and you will repeat after me. I vow not to kill or harm that which is living. I vow not to kill or harm that which is living. I vow not to steal or take what is not freely given. I vow not to steal or take what is not freely given. I vow not to misuse sexuality or manipulate others seductively. I vow not to misuse sexuality or manipulate others seductively. I vow not to lie and to refrain from deception. I vow not to lie and refrain from deception. I vow not to intoxicate mind of body of self or others. Not to intoxicate mind or body of self or others. I vow not to slander or allow silence to harm others. I vow not to slander or allow silence to harm others. I vow not to praise self at the expense of others. I vow not to grasp what I have or be envious of what I don't. I vow not to grasp what I have or be envious of what I don't. I vow not to harbor anger or ill will or seek vengeance or retribution. I vow not to harbor anger or ill will or seek vengeance or retribution. I vow not to disparage the three treasures. I vow not to disparage the three treasures. Abiding according to the ten grave precepts, even after great liberation, Will you continuously observe them? Yes, I will. Abiding according to the ten grave precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, yes I will. Abiding according to the ten grave precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, yes I will. With that, you have received Buddha's precepts and are a child of Buddha. Now you can really work for all beings and realize, and realize Buddha nature as yourself. You, yourself, and all beings are the Tathagata. Now, by these acts of invocation, renunciation, confession, purification, taking refuge, and receiving the precepts. We become the working basis of the Buddha way. 
we have become by those actions the ground for the arising of the mind of awakening. Today we remember that we are never separated from Buddha and we receive this practice path of the precepts as an ongoing reminder and a commitment. We share this aspiration as a community of practice. And as part of this sharing, as a community of practice, as a Sangha, witnessing, supporting, and encouraging each other on this path of awakening, I will invite each participant to share a bit about their experience over the course of the program. I begin by inviting Lynn. Thank you, Todd. Um, first, deep, deep gratitude to you for this uh, entire year, your teachings, and, and for today with this profound ceremony. Uh, also, also gratitude to all the other teachers who came, to Anne, to Lori, to Robin, uh, and all of the other participants, and everyone else here today. I deep gratitude to all of you. I just want to say this. Um, as I was going back through some of my notes and books uh, to prepare, I thought, oh, I'm going to find some, some profound thing. Um, and I, I started looking at what I had underlined and, and what I noted, and I, I realized what happened, what happened to me with each of these, um, which, with each of these precepts as we studied them. I would start out sort of in knowing mind. I know this is the path. They're going to take me on this path and I'm going to get to the end of the path and everything's going to, I'm going to learn something. And then what happened with each one of these is the path started to go this way and that way and kind of zigzag. And I thought, okay, it'll, they'll take me over here and they'll take me over here. They'll take me over here. And with each one, the same phenomenon happened. I realized at some point there was no path. I wasn't on a path at all. I was in the middle of like a flower. There's the only way I can describe it. I was in the middle of a flower that was blossoming and opening and just opening and opening. Thank you for your practice. I invite Rosemary to share. Um, hi everyone and um, yes, thank you to Todd and, and the other teachers and everybody in the class. I wanted to um, tell you something that happened this morning that I, that I felt illustrates uh, something about the class for me. Um, my older brother could not be here today and um, so I emailed him, I was thinking of him this morning and I emailed him um, to thank him for supporting me um, through this process because we speak every week and I shared with him everything that I'd been experiencing in this whole year. And um, he wrote back and he said, um, okay, it's been an honor and a pleasure 
to support you through this. And um, it has reinvigorated my own spiritual path. So um, that was um, an illustration, I feel, of how what I learned is that everything we think and feel and, and do and, and intend has ripple effects. And that was, you know, something new for me. Um, also, I thought I knew a lot about myself um, going into this um, year and um, found how how much more there was to know and how humbling that was. Um, and having this, this structure of the, the precepts was um, stabilizing, very stabilizing for me. One last thing that I thought of when we were doing Kenhan this morning was that I was feeling my feet, the earth supporting me as I was walking. And I thought, well, this class was a little bit like, you know, when you're a kid or an adult and you're learning to float in the water and you have, usually some of us have someone, you know, before we can trust holding us. And then you stay there and begin to relax and trust. And then, and then they can let go and you are floating. So um, I thank all of you. You've all been holding me through this process. So thank you. Thank you for your practice. I invite Fabienne to share. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, Tom, first of all, I'm very grateful for your commitment and uh, for anyone that came and taught the class with you. Um, for all the the people that show up every month, I thought it was inspiring and motivating to continue on this path with um, you all. Um, I really want to thank you, Todd, for um, encouraging me to investigate myself and um, what I realized I have to do what I call a lot of stop. S for stop, T for taking a deep breath, and then really for observing my breathing, my body. And it made me realize that if I'm really connected with my body, I, I really know what's going on with my thoughts and emotion. And you allow me to observe my thoughts and emotion in a very gentle way with uh, kind of an open art and not, um, I didn't have like a, a request to change my thought or to control my thought. And that was a really nice learning experience. And you really encouraged me to investigate those thoughts, those emotions. And um, it was an eye-opener for me for a lot of things that I call I don't do. Like, I realize, you make me realize that often I'm silent and to explore why I, am I silent. So it was, it was very interesting and um, I'm really motivated to keep on that uh, investigation and those many stops. That's that's the first step for me. 
And thank you again, everyone. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for your practice. I invite Heather. <laughs> the one year precept class took me far more than one year. I actually started in 2020 and uh, even before the pandemic was ongoing, we were meeting in person and if there were extenuating circumstances then on Zoom, um, which was a bit of a half measure to be frank. Um, and in February, 2020, Joel was teaching a class. Uh, the topic was taking up the way of joyful effort. And I had a notion of myself as doing well in this class and um, really embracing the teachings. And that particular day, um, I had prioritized a commitment at work and uh, got stuck in traffic. And I showed up late and angry on Zoom. <laughs> to the class on taking up the way of joyful effort. <laughs> um, and it was so humbling to see Joel laugh <laughs> and, um, and so humbling to recognize how far I had to go on this path and how ego-driven and separate uh, I, I had spent my entire life. And, um, over the last years, uh, I've been very grateful for um, the support and commitment of the Sangha and the ability to uh, recognize what was really um, present outside, within, and um, I guess eternally in, um, in this way of life. And in contrast, I, I also reflected on all the people and thanked many of the people who helped me along the way um, in and outside of the class. So it's uh, quite a beginning. Thank you for your practice. I invite Q or Amanda to share. Thank you. Um, so I won't say too much because I'm feeling quite emotional. But um, first and foremost, my sincere gratitude to all of the teachers, and particularly to Todd for showing up and for the way that you taught, which for me was so important because you weren't just teaching us a list of things not to do, right? The way that you presented these precepts was, was yes, how to reduce putting harm into the world, but then how to flip it around and put something good into the world. And to me, there's no point in doing any practice if you're not putting something good back out um, because the world needs that. And so I'm, I'm so grateful 
or the opportunity to have space to learn for a year and to savor each one of the precepts and really turn it over in my mind and in my heart and to understand it and make it my own. Um, this is really the culmination of 20 plus years of me dancing around Zen and uh, put off making this commitment um, for a long time. And even this morning, wasn't sure if this is something I wanted to do because it, I take it so seriously. That's why we asked three times. Yes, I can tell. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and so I'm just, I, I'm grateful to be part of a Sangha, a community where my fears are validated and recognized, but also there's space for me to still take the step as imperfectly as, as I'm doing it, because really, um, it's not that imperfect at all. Thank you. Thank you for your practice. And finally, I invite Scott to share. Well, I, I'd also like to thank you, Todd, and as well as some of the other teachers that came and, and shared with um, the group, as well as other participants for, for sharing, for being vulnerable with their experiences. Um, and uh, I'd like to also add how grateful I am that this was available uh, to folks who live further away from Austin. I know this is something that uh, I found really meaningful um, for me in my life, especially with all the changes that have gone on for me personally in the last year. Um, I think what will stay with me the most is how I came into the class with um, maybe a narrow view or narrow focus of what the precepts are and how maybe applicable or how often they come up. Um, and what I take away the most and what I enjoy the most is how much depth there is to each of these teachings how often they come up and how opportunities from the most mundane to bigger things can be used to practice the precepts. And that's something that I hope I'll continue to take away moving forward. So thank you so much. Thank you for your practice. And now we'll close with a brief chant offering this ceremony for the enlightenment of all beings. <laughs> I'll say it once alone, and then you're welcome to follow along and join me for two more. Like a cloud in the endless sky, like a lotus in muddy water, we live in the pure mind of Buddha. Like a cloud in the endless sky, like a lotus in muddy water, we live in the pure mind of Buddha. Like a cloud in an endless sky, like a lotus in muddy water, we live in the pure mind of Buddha. <laughs>